are back. And of course, we are excited to be here. I am Elder Gwen Cohen, and this is the Prophet's Voice podcast, real life, real time, real talk with a very real God. I'm not in the studio by myself. I am here with my buddy, my friend, uh, my God-given brother, hallelujah, in the presence of Marcus Mooney of Opay Media Productions. Marcus, are you in the house? I am in the house. How are you? I am fine. Fat after Thanksgiving, but I am good. <laughs> you are fabulous. That's what you are. Fabulous. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you all know I am right here in the studio with what I consider the butter on my biscuits, <laughs> the syrup on my pancakes, and the hot sauce on my favorite food, chick fried chicken wings, in the presence of Elliot Cohen. Good Elliot, man. you going to say something? Elliot is in the house. We are back. It's been a bit a minute, but we are back here with real life, real time, real talk with a very real God podcast from the Prophet's Voice. Yes, want to let you know you can reach out to us on the website www.theprophetsvoice.net, as well as you can hit me up on info at the same info at theprophetsvoice.net. Before we get into chapter eight of this book that we have been going through, this book of questions and concerns and information that we can have a real talk with the real God. I just want to let you know that the month of December is coming up and the Prophet's Voice is going to have their free The Power of Purpose Master Class. Again, I'm going to say it's free. Three days, three hours of power pack conversation as well as motivation, inspiration, and you can RSVP for the Power of Purpose Masterclass taught by yours truly at www.theprofitsvoice.net. So sign up for the free masterclass so that you can begin to understand the power of your purpose. So we are on chapter eight. Marcus, what does chapter eight say? Oh my goodness. This one right here. Who put them in charge? What did you say? I said, who put them <laughs> That's the way you are in charge? Say it one more time. <laughs> who put them in charge? You are absolutely right. <laughs> I'm going to read a little bit and then I'll come on to you. It says, who put them in charge? I know we've all asked the question. How did they get to be the manager? Where did they get their experience from? Am I supposed to take instructions? From them. I cannot tell you how often in my work history that question was asked. Sometimes asking it was genuinely legitimate. It was clear the leader had no clue. Other times I was either envious, come on somebody, come on now. of or didn't like who the person in charge was. And no, I probably couldn't tell you why. It was just something about them. Mm. Who put them in, in charge? charge? Listen, I need to let you all know something. It was interesting. And the marketplace, I felt okay asking who put them in charge. We all did. In the church, I was even bolder. Anybody been in church and y'all wonder who's in charge? Who put them in charge of the Sunday school? Who put them in charge of the ushers? Oh, the ushers, the greeters. Mm -hmm. Who put them in charge of the finance committee? Who put them in charge of the church? (laughs) I know somebody out there, y'all and ask that about your pastor. Come on, your bishop, Uh your pastor, your Uh overseer, your apostle, your prophet. You ask who put them in in charge. Uh-huh. Am I right, Marcus? Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, old school saying, whose dog did they have to pet? <laughs> that's in order I, that's to get... That's old school saying. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that one before, but go ahead. <laughs> in order to get... You know, they try to clean stuff up. You know, uh-huh. they try to clean stuff up. You uh-huh. know, in order to get in a position that they 
it makes you wonder sometimes. It makes you wonder. How people get qualified, especially when you feel like they're not qualified. That's right. If you feel. Come on, we got to put emphasis on if you feel. feel. We're going to talk about that. Let's talk so about it says, it. early in my ministry career, it was a standard question. In fact, in my youthful ignorance, somebody say youthful, youthful ignorance. Youthful ignorance. <laughs> I asked several pastors this question. <laughs> Whether it was about leaders they had assigned over me, sidebar, I thank God for godly leaders who were willing to smile and look over my arrogance rather than condemn me to hell or to a life of ushering. Yes. It seemed that every mistake anybody did, I always had something to say about it. You could see it on my face. You could see it in my body language. The question was always there. Uh, it never occurred to me that this was God's will for their life. Mm, Come on. Mm. I never thought this was God's process of greater for them. Mm. So while we're asking the question of who put them in charge, maybe that's a question we have for a real God. That is a real God question. Yes, what do you think, is. Marcus? I think it is a real God question because I think it is tough for us sometimes to understand God's process because the only thing we want to focus on is how the process is affecting us. That's good. I like that. Say yes. that again. Yes, we, we, we are hard pressed to focus on God's process because we are so focused on how the process is affecting us. Wow. Anybody out there know that we're concerned about us mm -hmm. in a space where it really should be about each other. We're concerned about us. So when we think about who put them in charge, we're thinking that we could do it better. Mm -hmm. We're probably more educated. We're probably more experienced. We probably have more wisdom, but we never factor in the fact that actually them being in charge is perhaps what God intended to happen. All right and that now. God is working through the person who put them in charge because there's a greater destiny for them too. You know what? I had to realize that if God is the head, it doesn't matter who is in charge. That's good. His will will be done. His will will and should be done. And should be done. And should be done. That's good. And and I, I want to share with you why I had that kind of attitude because I say during my childhood, nothing was ever good enough. I grew up in a house where everything, it was very, very critical. Everything was critical. I could make straight A's, get awards and trophies and be on the honor roll. Yet a close family member I loved and adored always told me that someone else had done it better. Now, I believe that that happens in a lot of households only because we really do want our children to be better. Yes. So we figure if we do comparisons, mm. it'll make them decide they want to outdo somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I need to let you know that what comparisons do a lot of times is take away your self-esteem. Comparisons will cause you to be angry. Comparisons will cause you to have a less lesser view of others. Mm. Com comparisons will cause you to be arrogant and decide that you're better mm. and begin mm -hmm. to treat people differently. Comparisons will also put you in a position where you'll never be able to reach purpose That's because so you're always comparing yourself to someone else. You're always thinking, I can't do that because I don't do it like so-and-so. Mm. I can't do it because I don't act like so-and-so. But I came to tell you that God made no mistake and that he created you to be something great also. And yes. so that all you have to do is tap onto what's inside of you and be okay with who you are and be okay in your skin. Come on, That's Marcus, right. talk That's to right. me. You know, I, I wrote a little side note here. The want to may always be there, but the how to should always be God. Ah, oh, that's good. Because I like that. We have that want to. We uh -uh. do. We do. And uh, and that we we can be honest. That want to will always be there. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you want things to be a certain way. You want people to see you a certain way. You want to exceed and excel in the things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the process, the how-to, that's got to be God. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, mm-hmm. we will get into that comparison. We will get into that going back and forth. Or we will try to please flesh people. And the flesh wow. is never satisfied. The flesh is never satisfied. Here, I need you to all to understand something. And I think some of you out there are able to identify. So I spent a great deal of my life being an overachiever in the hope of pleasing someone. Come on, that's what mm-hmm. you said. Yes, ma'am. Now who died still being dissatisfied mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. They are no longer on the planet. I was full of criticism and disapproval. I even attached God to my thought process. God needed a spirit of excellence from us. Mm, we must give him better than our best. He deserves 100%. Only my definition of 100%, my explanation of excellence fit more of my criteria rather than God's criteria. Mm. And the only way to accomplish a task was my way. And my way was not only the right way, but it was also the best way. That's right. That's the way we see things. That's, that's right. That's when our want to is not aligned up with his how to. And that's where we end up. That's where we find ourselves. That's exactly right. And we're fighting against the one who is trying to make everything happen for us. Isn't that something? Crazy. Fighting against the one who's trying to make everything happen for us. Yes. Listen, so when someone made a mistake or acted less than perfect, especially in the church, my problem was their lack of perfection. Mm. Are there any perfectionists (laughs) out there? I decree and declare deliverance. Yes. Deliverance in (laughs) Jesus' name. I heard sermons and messages, but couldn't appreciate them Mm. because my focus was on how it was delivered rather than what God was saying. Ooh, you better say something right there. You See, know, I, I would listen for broken verbs and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of, uh, of, of mistakes. Critiquing. So, critiquing it. So out the <laughs> gate. So I, all, I missed the move of God mm-hmm. because I was in the moment of me. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I made that mistake similarly. I think I went on a little span of time where I actually had an experience, this this wonderful encounter with God. And I was looking for that experience in everybody, in everything, Uh God. Like every church that I went to, every service that I went to, Uh I was comparing it to that experience. I was looking, I was like, if they don't do this this way, or if I don't feel this that way. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it took God to really shake me and shake things up in my life to make me realize, like, I I can deal with you any and every way that I need to, as long as you're in a posture to receive Yes, yes. And that's when you ask the question, who put them in charge, means you're not in a posture to receive. Mm, It means that you're not in a posture to understand the move of God and that you want God to extend grace to you, but you're unwilling to extend grace to others. You better say that. The same grace (laughs) that you want from God is the same grace that we have to extend to each other. Willingly. Willingly and understand understand that people are in their process. And when you get that way, guess what? Their process doesn't bother you. It doesn't stop you. It doesn't worry you. You can look at their process and recognize that's what it is. Be thankful that they're in it and that God is doing a mighty work in their lives. And you know what I also learned, Elder? The more that we focus on our process, 
the less time we have Please. to focus on everybody mm-hmm. else. Mind your business. That's what it's <laughs> then that, that's what they said. That's that was old school for me. Mind, Mind your, business. your business. Mind your business. So here I am, it says. Um uh there could be no typos, no broken verbs, no runs in stockings, no trip-ups, because if there were, then how could they be in charge and allow God to be disrespected and misrepresented? Mm-hmm. Even in my ministry, if I found a typo in a workbook, I designed for conference facilitation and made 200 copies. Elliot can attest. I would throw them all out Mm. and start all over again. I had Mm. to stay up all night. I didn't care if I blew the budget. This was for the almighty himself. This was for God. Mm. And then one day, one day, say one day, somebody. One one day, day, one day. God put me in charge. Ooh wee Mm-mm-mm. And the same, then I got a real good understanding. Well, look, look I was about to say, everything should have been uh, harps playing and, and people floating. And, you know, because you got the wheel now. Didn't happen. Uh-oh. Didn't happen. I said, great. Finally, someone who knows what they're doing. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that how we do, though? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm finally in charge. <laughs> yes. And you can guess what happened. I made a mistake mm-hmm. and then another one mm. and then another one and on and on. And then I was asking myself the same question. Gwen, who put you in charge? <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. But I said God did, even with all my imperfections, come on, mm-hmm. and sins, mm-hmm. arrogance, conceit, and pride, God put me in charge. He put me in charge not to expose me, embarrass me, shame me, or humiliate me. But to prepare me to be the most significant task I could ever do is be his servant. Wow. Wow. He let me know I didn't have to be perfect. Mm. Just faithful. Yes. Pardon me if I get a little emotional. No, you go ahead. He let me know I didn't have to be perfect. For those of you out there that are thinking that God is expecting you to be perfect, that Mm -hmm. you won't go to ministry or you won't go to the church because you feel like you don't have the right clothes. Mm. And that you're not clean enough or you're not that you got to clean yourself up. Mm -hmm. I need to let stop and let you know right now that that's the whole purpose of knowing him and having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and Holy Ghost that that you don't have to clean yourself up, that they're the, they will help you, that, that, that the spirit of the Lord is what helps you clean yourself up. I don't care what anybody's saying. I don't care who's turning their nose up or right. moving off the pew or the church that you're, or, or the seat that you're sitting in. Stay right there. That's right. Just stay right there. That's right. Because what you look like today, I can promise you, you won't look like next month if you just stay right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then next month, what you look like, you won't look like the year if you just stay right you there. You don't have to be perfect. Perfect. You don't have to dot all your I's. You don't have to cross all of your T's. You don't have to speak with the best English. You don't have to preach with everything, with all the Greek and the Hebrew. Just stand <laughs> flat-footed, preach the unadulterated word of God, and you'll see deliverance. You'll see miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm-hmm. Because God does not expect us to be perfect. You know, he had to teach me what the best type of vessel was. It's not the cleanest vessel. It's not the prettiest vessel. It's not the most expensive vessel or no, even the biggest vessel. It's not. It's the willing one. It's the willing vessel. Right. Just stay right there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I, I want to say again, for whoever is listening and you've decided I'm not going to go because they're going to look down on me, let them. That's right. Let them. Jesus looked down on them from a cross. Let them. 
It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let them look down on you, but you look up to him. That's right. Let them look down on you, but you make sure that you look up to him and recognize that you don't have to be perfect. I have said to my husband, if I could take back all of the times that I thought I had to be perfect and all of the money that I used thinking I had to be perfect, we'd be pretty rich right now (laughs) Um, because I spent a lot of time and a lot of money. I wasted a lot of time, a lot of money trying to be perfect because I was trying to please people Mm. and Instead of pleasing God. Of pleasing and God. now I'm in a space where I recognize the only one that can stop you is you. That's so good. Nobody can stop you. Not mama, not daddy, not the stuff that was done. I recognize I've been in the space of abuse. I've been in the space of molestation. I've been in the space of physical abuse. I've been in the spaces. I need to let you know that I recognize no one can stop purpose. No one can stop promise. No one can stop you but you. That's God right. spoke it. It's going to happen. But you got to be the one to decide That's that right. you don't have to be perfect in it. And And that's what I say. Marcus, speak to that for me. Yeah, here's why you have to decide. Because you have to be the willing vessel. Right. You cannot let them break your will. Right. It is his will that you answer the call. That's it. So answer the call by any means necessary. Ah, I love it. Get up. I don't care. I I know that it hurts sometimes and you feel like I can't can't get up from this. You can. You can. You can. Just be willing to say, God, if, if, if I know, if I move, if I call on you, if I believe in you, if I trust in you, yes. I know you will bring the work to full completion. That's right. But it's got to start with me be, being willing, a willing vessel. And now he can use you. Um, make sure whatever time you're in, you're in that time with mm, God. Mm, mm, that's good. That's good. Yes, that's good. Remember that he who has begun a good work, you will. are the good work. That's right. You are the good work. We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You are the good work. And you have to remember that you are his workmanship. Mm. that he put you together for the foundation of the world. And that you didn't He And when it's interesting because I think about what Psalm 139, I think I've said this before on the podcast, uh, when David says, we love this, uh, what, around 12, 13, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. made. Yes. Yes, we love that. Um, but David says something very interesting, I think around the 16th or 17th verse. He says, all the days of my life were written in your book before I even knew them. <laughs> yes. Which meant now in this book, there got to be some typos and some misspellings mm-hmm. that translate as missteps mm-hmm. and mistakes that we've made. In yeah. this book that God wrote. That's right. He knew we were going to make them. He knew that we were not going to be perfect. Think about it. A perfect God wrote a perfect book about an imperfect person. Mm, wow. And was okay with the imperfections. Yes. Because they're a part of the book. They're, they're part they, of the they story. They are a huge A part. perfect God yes. wrote a perfect book about an imperfect person. Yes. And made us the center of it. We are the focal point. The focal point of it. Yes. And so here we are trying to, you know, criticizing you. Who put them in charge? Because they're making mistakes. But God's not concerned about their mistakes. He's more concerned about you not recognizing that you don't have to be perfect in order to be in his will. You don't have to be perfect in order to receive the promise that he has for you. Yes. You don't have to be perfect in order to, to do all the great things that he has assigned your hands to do. Mm. You just have to do, as you said, be a willing vessel. That's it. You know, I used to tell um, my guys this in coaching, especially the really good guys, so, <laughs> you know, because they got it, right? Yeah. You know, you're good. You're good. You're talented. You got it. 
But here's the thing. I know what you can do good. And I hear you talking about the ones that are not as good as you. What can you do to make them better? Ah, that's good. And that's how I would challenge them. Because now your game is going to elevate because now you're learning to play the sport on a team level, which is the way it's played. Uh-huh. It's not just about your individual uh, skills and abilities. We know you got that. But can you make people around you better? Instead of complaining. That's good. Can you make them better? So instead of who put them in charge, you should be asking, how can I help the one who is in charge? Do better. Yes. That's right. How can, how can I be of service yes. to the one who is in charge? That's right. Rather than who put them in charge. Imagine if I, even I, had, had said that. Mm. where they would be now. And where you would be. And, and where I would be now. Some lessons I wouldn't have had to repeat, y'all. Tell the truth about it. Okay, because some of us have had to repeat some grades in church. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been, we've been, we've been, in, we've been in Sunday school for a long time. <laughs> we've, been, we've been in Sunday school. We've been, we've been on the Noah story for a minute. <laughs> We're still trying to figure out Noah. But uh, no, when we when we ask that question, we're basically saying, well, I'm a perfect person. Even Jesus mm-hmm. said, none is perfect but the, but father. the father. And so we've got, Marcus, we got about seven minutes mm-hmm. now. We're about, mm-hmm. well, eight minutes. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to read this and I want to get your feedback on this because yes. I think your thought process is so amazing to me. It is. Um, I say here, he let me know, meaning God, I didn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. just faithful. I didn't have to have all my T's crossed, just available. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to have all my I's dotted, just truthful. Yes. Because if we're faithful to him, open for him and honest with him, he can use us. Yes, I'm still in charge of many things. Oh, Lord, help us. Pray for me, y'all. And yes, I've made even more typos, but I don't throw things out. I go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, why? I realize I'm a walking typo. And he's the perfect whiteout. That's right. Ooh, the perfect whiteout. I love I'm a it. walking typo. He's the perfect whiteout. Now I can value, serve, appreciate, more importantly, love others, not for their perfection, but for their imperfection, simply because he loves me in mine. Wow. You know what makes him that perfect whiteout? It's because he doesn't just cover up our blemishes. Right. He makes them better. He makes them better. He helps us to learn from them. Yeah. He helps us to see us the way we're supposed to see us. Yeah. And then to get to a place where he created us to be better in those areas of weaknesses. Yes. My, I find myself sometimes looking at things and saying, you know what? I'm still the same person that I was uh-huh. 20 years ago. Uh-huh. But the thing about it is I've learned that these imperfections are here and uh-huh. very real. Uh-huh. And I've learned how to allow God, notice I said God, how to let God deal with me in those areas. And he's the perfect whiteout. He's the perfect whiteout. That's what I say. He's the perfect. You know, when you think about whiteout and um, when I, listen, I've been around a minute. So I know when there were word processors. (laughs) Okay. When the first word processors came out, we were all excited. And they had the whiteout. Mm-hmm. Um, and when whiteout first came out, it was just amazing mm-hmm. <clears throat> because you can white out, let it dry, and type over mm-hmm. it. Then if you messed up, you could white out over that, let it dry, and type over it. Isn't that what God does for us? Mm-hmm. Whites it out, 
let you dry up your tears, then I'm going to type over. That's right. I'm going to I'm going to now do something different That's in right. you. Now do something different in your life. And when you mess up again, I'm going to wipe it out. I'm going to let you cry. Yeah. I'm going to wipe that out, yes. right? And then I'm going to put something something else over that. That's right. And after a while, what I think is really interesting is that there comes a point where there's kind of a build up mm-hmm. on the page. Mm-hmm. You kind of see it. It's a build up, you know? You're like, "Okay, what is this?" It's just evidence of how many times God has cleaned us up. That's right. And moved us on to our next. That's right. That's right. And that that blemish there should allow you to be that much more careful right. when you're typing the rest of the paper. That's right. When you're typing the rest. That's I like right. that. Yes. Yeah, you got to be careful now right. when you're typing the rest of the paper. That's right. Because you want to make sure, you know, and you know you're not going to be perfect. You're not. But you are going to acknowledge the fact that it's okay if I make a mistake That's right. because there's a way for my mistake to be fixed. That's good. Isn't yes. that something? Come on, Marcus, that's, help that's us. Good. And I last, what, five minutes? Yes. Help yes. our audience with this. Um, I, I think you said it all. Like, don't beat others up and don't beat yourself up. That's good. You know, pull back those punches. We got to be careful. Say that again. Pull you back know, those pull, punches. Pull back those punches. Yes. You know, um, there, there is a process that we're all going through. Mm-hmm. And if we respect the fact that all of us are going through it, then mm-hmm. it'll, it'll give us that much more patience with others and that much more patience with ourselves too. That's right. You know, forgive, forgive others, forgive yourself because God is, is constantly in a forgiving posture. As a matter of fact, he allowed a whole son to die on a cross for That's forgiveness. Right. That's to right. Be a, so, so that blood can be applied. That's right. You white know, out. White out. <laughs> huh? White out. Yes. So that's what I'm saying right there. That's it, what you're saying. It's a beautiful God that we serve. So, and, and, and that's a great segue because we've said we wanted to make sure that one of the things that we did on this podcast was offer to anyone who is listening an opportunity to connect with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so we want you to know that it's a very simple way that you can do this. You just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died for you, for your sins, that he's resurrected, that he's your ultimate whiteout, excuse me. Yes, ultimate whiteout. That he's your ultimate whiteout, that he's your perfect whiteout. Yes. And that when you do that and establish that relationship with him, you know that for the rest of your life, it doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you won't, um, excuse me, in the words of the great Donnie McClurkin, what, we fall down, but we get up. We get up. Um, want to give him a definitely credit for that. Yes. <laughs> um, but that you're able to understand that he's a perfect whiteout. Yes. And that sometimes our prayer is, Lord, wipe me out right now. That's right. Just wipe, not wipe me out. That's right. Just wipe me out. That's right. Wipe so me out. So wipe yes. it out so that I can begin again, so that I can start that. You can do this if you pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Yes, Lord. I recognize that I have not done things perfectly and I can't do them perfectly. And I've made many mistakes. I ask that you become the Lord and Savior of my life. Yes. And I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose for me and I believe that you even ascended for me and are now sitting with the Father, praying for me, interceding on my behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to tell you just like that. You become a kingdom citizen. That's right. Doesn't require a license, doesn't require any of that. But now I'm going to tell you this too. You're still going to make mistakes. Yes. 
And you're still going to probably be a perfectionist if you are one, because that's the process. I'm still in deliverance. <laughs> Y'all pray for me out there. I'm saying pray for Elder Gwen. She's still in deliverance from perfectionism. <laughs> However, the whiteout mm. is what you want to have access to. That's right. And so we're offering that to you tonight. We're excited. This is our eighth, chapter eighth. I mean, chapter, yes, chapter eight. Yes. Who put them in charge. Yes. And we are, what, the prophet's voice? Yes. This is Real Life, Real Talk, Real Time with a Very Real God podcast. Want to let you know, hit us up on our website, www.theprophetsvoice.net. You'll probably see at the bottom of our screen, as well as you can hit us up at info at theprophetsvoice.net. And if you are interested, I want to say this, in having any media production done for whatever it is that you're doing, I am recommending Marcus Mooney of Opay Media Productions. And you hit me up, I will make sure that you get his information. He is the most amazing engineer <laughs> as well as media production person on the planet. Oh, One of the best <laughs> on the planet. What and you plus want? he is a man of integrity. <clears throat> and I needed to say that. I had not said that on the previous podcast like I needed to, but I wanted to make sure that in this last time, it ain't all about me, y'all. It's all about God. Amen. It really is. It is. And it's all about real talk. It's all about being honest with God because guess what? He already knows what you're thinking anyway. That's right. So on behalf of myself, Marcus Mooney, and again, the butter on my biscuits, Elder Elliot Cohen, we are excited that you joined us today. We look forward to you coming on to our next podcast. And here's the prophet's voice saying to you, we are about the business of bringing your purpose to life. I'm Elder Gwen Cohen. Have a great night. Mm -hmm.